But um, so what's been going on? Yeah, so a lot. <laughs> I was just thinking back over the last couple of years, and it's been a lot because I, I spent uh, 10 years with one company, with AmFam, and then um, left AmFam last year. And it's just been like, yeah, a roller coaster of, of, of fun and awesomeness since then. American family, AmFam to those that are... <laughs> yes, those in the know. know. Yeah. Um, I, I'm surprised that, you know, how little... You know, you just kind of, we, everybody crosses paths, you know, just casually here and there, but we really don't ever, you know, there's a lot of, like, I don't, I know very little, like, of, of like your journey with insurance um, and just kind of your experience and, and exactly what you're doing now. And I feel like a terrible person even asking and <laughs> it's just like this weird thing. And I, you just kind of know what you see. And it's just, I'm just kind of curious to kind of catch me up first of all, like what's been going on, like all that fun stuff. Yeah. Well, to rewind way back, um, I started insurance in 2007, so it was, like most people, not something that I planned on staying in indefinitely, but um, yeah, I started underwriting operations and fell in love with it, fell in love with the people, and yes, yeah, started off um, an entry level, kind of worked my way up, uh, staying in personal lines the entire time, so really got to know yeah, the company and rules and rates and underwriting rules, got some really fun project work in. Um, yeah, had a fantastic 10 years with American Family. And then, like I said, left last year and transitioned out. So I originally joined my current company, um, Exploring Services, in product development, and then uh, moved into the marketing space uh, last May, and then started my um, insurance vlog in June. So it's been a lot of change um, and a lot of fun, but I think I I really, really value those 10 years at, at, at AmFam. It really kind of set the the tone for the rest of my career um, at insurance it gave me a wide base because I worked with um, agencies really daily, all day long um, for most of those 10 years, um, as well as those within my career. So I felt like I got a good sense for the full spectrum, start to finish, working with claims, working with agency um, and product and actuary and, and kind of getting the full sense. Um, and that helped me in my new product. And then in my current role in marketing with Explore. Um, so we're a small data company based in Minnesota. And I actually used our data with American Family. So I had some sense for the company. Uh, but when I left American Family, I was already sort of missing those underwriting conversations. Um, There's a few people from carriers within my company, but um, you're not to the scope, obviously, of American Family. And that's kind of how ex how my blog, ex Explorer Insurance, was born, is trying to stay connected to the industry and those within carriers and those within agencies um, stay current and stay connected um, in you know a less formal way. Obviously, we have our formal um, connections and advisory board and all that at Explore, but um, I wanted to, to find different channels to accomplish that. So, you know, that's interesting. And well, this is, well, this is actually the thing that I kind of, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to start here with kind of the thing that I wanted to end with. So this will be fun. We'll see. How <laughs> I'm noticing a lot of people picking up in, in a lot of different ways, video, right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, this being something, what, maybe six months-ish, give or take, mm -hmm. um, that you've been kind of dabbling with. And 
it seems to be getting a, a, a I see a lot of response, right? Just just tracking some of the things like people, especially people on LinkedIn, just kind of put the camera in their face and talking. That yeah. seems to be getting crazy reaction. What have what have you noticed? Like just the difference of of, you know, you know, prior to the six months, like being a person that wasn't on camera doing video to right. now six months later. Like what like what has changed? How does it feel different? What has that experience been like for you? Yeah. So I actually sort of got on the YouTube bandwagon as a viewer um, about four years ago. Um, so I had my first kid and all of a sudden I didn't really have time to watch Netflix and kind of get into shows and movies like before. So when I would have 10 to 15 minutes here or there, I would flip up a YouTube video and just kind of got a sense for all the different content options out there. And at that time, mostly what I saw um, was kind of a younger set of um, vloggers. Obviously, there's this, you know, the the huge ones. You've got your Casey Neistat's and, you know, the really famous guys, but um, kind of the full spectrum. And I got a sense for like the way that content has shifted because I realized it's a whole different world and it, it's so much more personal than other channels of communication. And, yeah. you know, you really can develop a relationship with these people and they're very accessible. And I just started kind of ideating on that. I started following some um, insurance bloggers. And I have to say, of course, I'm a huge Agency Nation fan um, and a huge fan of yours, Joey. So I certainly followed you guys and c- continue to do that. And I my 10%. Um, so yeah, I, I was seeing that. And I was thinking, we need more voices like that. Um, and I'm seeing yeah. that happen, you know, more and more people, they're realizing that there's a very low barrier to entry to video. Really, you just <laughs> need a phone and everyone has that. You know, you can certainly yeah. go all in with the gear. Um, and I, I've seen Sydney with her whole setup and, and you know, so there's a full spectrum. Um, and I'm lucky enough to have access to a camera and a, you know, a ring light and all that. But you don't even need that. You just need a phone. So I'm seeing the barriers to entry go down um, and people start to realize that. And then also, it I think it's expanding. So first it was sort of like just you know, the, the, the founders and, you know, the marketing gurus that were on it. But now it's really expanding and those in other areas are moving into it and all ages. It's not just, you know, 20 year olds anymore. So it's really cool because the space just really seems to be opening up into other industries and, you know, the full vertical and different age sets. So the, the conversation seems to be growing. Well, you, you said something that I find interesting and I've, I've constantly struggled with this and I've, you know, I, I, I try not to listen to people's feedback sometimes when I hear this, but you said it's more personal, right? And it's the level of information, you know, just, I mean, people sometimes think, well, what does it have to do with whatever you're trying to do your business objective, your marketing objective, like it feels (laughs) too personal or whatever, but that is kind of, like you said, that's kind of become the expectation in, you know, a lot of circles. Um, how, how, how have you been hit with that? Like, is that, am I crazy? Because I've, I try to push back on that. Like, oh yeah, they're right. Maybe it is too much. Maybe you shouldn't be that personal. <laughs> I, I keep seeing more and more people pushing it further and further and more and more people responding to it. And I just, I don't, I, I just think that's the way we're moving. And I don't think there's any coming back. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think it's just human nature to crave connection and I think as the barriers break down, we've seen this over LinkedIn, you know, you, you are able to connect and expand your network um, with the social channels and with the video in ways that you weren't able to do before. But I think sort of the stuffy corporate 
stuff, there's a place for that, certainly, um, when it comes to formal presentations. But when it comes to building connections, and it's, it's just, it's that humanity that connects. Not that you have to tell your life story, but sharing a little bit about yourself, um, just kind of slipping in that those personal elements, that's what connects and gets people interested and engaged. And it's just fun. I mean, half the reason, probably more than half the reason that I love this industry so much is the people. I mean, that's why I just, it's, that's what gets me energized and excited and want to keep doing this because it, it's the people, it's the human part of it. And, and video as part of that is just expands that to, you know, faces and, <laughs> and voices. And it, it just makes it a more deeper experience, I guess I could say. Yeah, I mean, we don't. I mean, sorry, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask a question. I think I know the answer to, but I'm just curious. I, I mean, it's that personal stuff. It's that little nugget, right? You could you could have a, a 10 minute video of like all you know crazy like good information, but it's just that one little personal thing that somebody will spit back to you, right? Right. <laughs> yep. I mean, do you, I mean, do you find is am I because like that's the thing that people that aren't that aren't willing to kind of just even pull that little nugget out, they they haven't had like that's the thing that people are going to connect with and allow the you know kind of easy opportunity to connect with you on. Yep, and I think that can be hard and intimidating at first. Like one thing that I found was kind of challenging with the with the vlog is just getting comfortable enough to show my personality because certainly mm -hmm. I'd done a lot yeah. of presentations and speeches, but typically it had been work-related. So the content that I'm sharing is, is my work. But when you're sharing your work and pieces of your personality, you know, you're, you're opening yourself up a little bit and you're a little bit vulnerable, but you see the payoff really quick because you're connecting people much faster and deeper than you were before. Um, and again, you don't have to share your whole life story, but sharing little bits and pieces, you know, I know people, you know, you're the sports team you like and the kind of food you like. I mean, it doesn't have to be super deep at the beginning. Yeah. And that's, I mean, the, the thing that is, is fascinating about that is you, and, and don't tell me if this is true or not, you're, you're not even necessarily, it's like a different version of yourself, right? It's like this, version that you know i mean we're, we're not seeing like the you know the amber at like 10 o'clock at night you know after a long <laughs> yeah. day like it's not that personality right because i mean you know you're you, you know it's it's you know it's a different version where it's like hey i'm gonna put myself in a, a good spot i can have some fun with people i can you know share some interests i can be entertaining and i think it's that um i think it's that that reluctance to be entertaining right to even justify it like to feel yeah. like validate the fact that you would have the audacity to like consider something that you would do entertaining. And, um, but other than that, if you're not, then it's going to be that much harder to get through the thing. And, and I, I'm just, I'm fascinated by it. I, I get kind of worked up when people refuse to do it. And I, I like when people actually take the chance. Yeah. And it's just, yeah. Channeling the version of yourself that is, yeah. Channeling the part of you that's passionate, I think, because that's going to come across. And for me, one thing that helps, it's kind of a really cheesy trick, but I imagine I'm talking to someone that I know and someone who would be interested in what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. uh, so for example, I had a, um, a boss at um, AmFam, her name was Rachel, and I so I would just picture her face on the camera lens for my first few vlogs because she's someone that I would love to share this stuff with. Um, and she actually watched a few of those and liked them. So it kind of came full circle. But I, I think finding that way to show yourself um, in a way that, yeah, is hopefully somewhat interesting. Because obviously, when you do video, you, you are asking a lot of people. It's not like a, um, a podcast where you can kind of put it on your phone and put, you listen to it on the way to work or whatever. You are, you know, usually thinking of people 
you know, putting on their headphones and stopping what they're doing and watching. And that's a kind of a big ask as far as attention goes. So you're know, tr- certainly trying to make it infor- like a informative and somewhat entertaining at the same time. Yeah, uh, does, I mean, so does Rachel know that she's like your your video muse? Is she aware? Of you that? know, she she doesn't. So I guess I just outed myself. So thanks, oh, Rachel. Okay. All right, we'll make sure she will send, this to, <laughs> send her a copy Rachel, of it. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but uh, you're my muse. Respo- yeah, you're responsible. <laughs> so um, yeah, well, and that's that's a good tip, right? Um, it's it's figuring out who you're talking to and identifying you know, whether it's a comfort level, whether it's an audience level, but just looking at the lens or the thing as, as somebody, as an end user, as just, you're honestly having that conversation and, and, um, and kind of creating this, this thing, this, this thing that, that kind of, it's a living, breathing thing versus a, I just have to sit down and get this information across to somebody and having, having a good time with it. And, and I think, uh, more, more importantly is like you said, this is something that is kind of, uh, a passion, right? Like this is something that energizes you that, and it's going to produce a better result when that level of interest and kind of desire, right? I mean, as opposed to trying something that you're just like, man, this, this is kind of right. boring. You're just going to get better work, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, whenever you're passionate about something or, you know, you find it fun, you're just going to do better at it. And when you're having a good time, it shows. So I'm lucky in that with my vlog, I'm picking things and topics that interest me, things I want to know about, things I want to research, people I want to talk to. Um, so it's it's very easy to make it fun because it's it is these are topics that I'm really interested in and things that I want to talk about and that I want to share. So what do you, I mean, what, as from an industry perspective outside of video and stuff, like what, like what, like what is your kind of mission? Like, what do you see that you think others are missing? Where do you think we should be going that we're not, or what do you think is kind of happening quietly that we're not talking enough about? As an industry overall, you mean? Yeah, just in general. Like, I mean, you've got, you've been in it a long time, right? So you've, Mm -hmm. you've like, man, like, if we could only do this, if we could only be that, like, what are some of those like perfect world scenarios that, you know, you, you kind of think, well, you're trying to drive through the awareness and the videos and stuff. Like what is the, what are, what's the things underlying all of this that that's kind of got you excited? Yeah. So as a general principle, um, so I think consumers don't tend to value insurance enough, both as a product and as a career. So those are two things that I feel passionately about. Um, Certainly before I joined American Family, I I didn't spend a lot of time thinking about insurance, but it really is a pretty key component of the financial stability of the world. So I think the appreciation for what it does and and kind of understanding your risks, I think just getting that across the value of insurance, the importance of insurance, and then also making sure that people outside of the industry are curious about it, both as a consumer um, and hopefully as a prospective employee. Because um, one thing I've, I've seen on the carrier side is you've got a lot of retirements coming up. So certainly that replacement planning um, and planning for the future and getting, uh, you know, continuing to recruit into the industry is a big part. And um Yes, I'm, I'm also a huge insurance nerds fan, and that's one of their core principles as well. Um, so I think I definitely align with that mission statement. And then just getting conversations going. Uh, I felt like when I was with American Family, and this is mostly my own fault, I didn't really reach out beyond my own company. I mean, not that you need to be best friends with, with your competitor, but I think just being out there and knowing what's going on um, and 
building relationships, uh, both you know on the solution provider side with other carriers and getting a sense for um, yeah trends. So trying to get those conversations going. Um, in a less formal way, an easily accessible way. And I think LinkedIn, uh, YouTube, all the social channels are, are great ways to do that. So um, hopefully I can help be a part of that and, and fuel that movement. What are, I'm curious, I might put you on the spot, but like, what are some of the more interesting conversations that you've kind of either been a part of or kind of helped kind of start recently as far as just what, pe- what what is what what is catching people's attention what are they interested in what do they what do they what do they want to talk about sure so one vlog that took off with a lot of side conversations was actually my lean vlog so i wrote a vlog about why i hate lean, why i hate lean i do think there are a lot of fantastic things about lean but i definitely struggled with the implementation when i was in underwriting operations and um, I shared some of those, some of my learnings. And one of the greatest compliments I, I've ever gotten is when some carriers reached out to me and said that they were passing it around their division. Um, they yeah. agreed someone was going to have a, a, a watch party with their team. Um, so that is like the biggest compliment that I can get is that I'm starting those conversations and I'm connecting with them and they're cheering in my struggle. I mean, I, that was apparently a very very universal thing. Um, I was just with one carrier for, for the whole 10 years. So, um, you know, I didn't really have a sense for how many others are going through these struggles, but apparently a lot. So uh, that was one definitely that jumps out to me as something that really got some conversations going. Um, and yeah, it was really something that it seems like a lot of us have gone through or are going through. That, yeah, so there's, that's so important, right? Because, and this is something that, you know, I, I find fascinating. And it's it's not that, you know, you know, either one of us know more or less about something than another person, right? It's just we're willing to step in front of a microphone or a camera and hit record and talk about right. it, right? And allow it, you know, that, that's where, you know, you probably have people, you know, reaching back, oh, it's like, I can't, like, this is amazing. This is fantastic, right? It's like, well, you probably know more about this than I do, but you didn't take the time to, to record it. And do you think that some of that stuff is actually helping kind of maybe inspire? I, th- I think it is. Cause I feel like I see like this kind of ripple effect of, of, of people that are, you know, just kind of following other people's leads on this stuff of starting those conversations of their own and sharing again, the things that, you know, they find important or, or relevant or whatever. And then other people, you, you kind of get that experience and, and, and Am I, am I onto something here? Am I, what, 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 what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I think I really struggled with that with starting the vlog because I thought, who am I to talk about insurance uh, and underwriting? Yeah. The average tenure in my office at American Family was like 15 years or something. I mean, there were people that had been in the industry for decades. Like, who am I to talk about this? Who am I to start these conversations? Um and, you know, I, I had sort of that that self-consciousness, but I had to let go of that. Yeah, because, I mean, if there's no reason why I can't start it. It's not to say I'm going to come out as the expert on lean because I am certainly not that. I hope that made that clear in my vlog. Yeah. Um, I'm just going through it with everyone else and starting the conversation. And certainly I will, will do some underlying research before I kind of plot out my vlog, but in, in no way am I an expert in any one thing on underwriting. I've just, I, I've seen a lot and overheard a lot um, in my 10 years. So I think, um, and, I'm, and I'm willing to be vulnerable and get in front of a camera and start talking. So um, I guess that's how I self-qualified myself for the job. 
and so with underwriting, it takes, I don't want to say a lot of heat, but it's, it's obviously at, at the core of everything that we do and its evolution or lack thereof in certain areas is really kind of dependent upon where the industry goes. Maybe, I don't know. That might be big words, but um, I mean, so what is your take on that? Like what, where, where can we, where can we be kind of pushing the envelope that we maybe aren't like, what, do, what are your, some of your thoughts on, boy, if we could do this, you know, the things that I've seen that, that, you know, just, just listening to behaviors and just, just my personal experience. Um, what, what is that thing that again, nobody else is seeing that you're like, man, this feels so obvious to me. Why can't we maybe push a little bit more in this direction? I don't know if there's anything super obvious on the underwriting side that people are missing, but I would say it is is changing, um, you know, as a function rapidly and drastically, especially on the personal line side. And I think that's certainly a challenge for an industry as as old and tenured as insurance underwriting. But I think there's a lot of room still on the commercial line side. So that was, to me, commercial lines is like the wild, wild west of insurance <laughs> because I always felt like yeah. they they had a lot of, um, a lot more flexibility. Certainly we had some flexibility to, um, to make decisions um, and I was involved in a lot of um, really fun project work. But just from a regulatory standpoint alone, you, you know, you're, you're much more restricted on the personal line side. Um, so I think people underestimate um, underwriting as a function and and everyone's talking about you know how it's it's becoming automated and you've got all these these smart systems um, but I would argue that that's definitely not the case for across the board certainly there's always going to be Roma personal line side there it's it's shifting and it's evolving but I think there's it's still a very valuable very critical piece of the policy life cycle and I think we'll see um, even more developments and more growth uh, in in other pieces of insurance. Again, I spent my whole 10 years in personal lines, but I've gotten the chance to talk to some commercial lines underwriters and get a sense for their world. And there's certainly a lot going on there as well. So don't count underwriting out quite yet is what I would say. So do you think that it, I mean, you kind of talk as if there's, there's, there's threat that it would go away or it would radically change or evolve. Well, not go away, but it is definitely evolving. Um, so I know uh, just even in the last five years, a lot of the new policy systems are making some of those new business decisions automatically. So, you know, it's, it's kind of getting programmed in. So the 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 work that the underwriters are doing is evolving. And, and I would say actually becoming more complicated because the, the more of the black and white stuff is going through the system. And then the stuff that is getting flagged for review or, or needs additional analysis is what's coming through um, and going to a human. So it's certainly changing. And I think I, I would say becoming less transaction based and more account based and maybe a little more analytical um, yeah. and, and, and that's what I'm seeing is just, obviously we all know, you know, the, the kind of the guide wire duck Creek takeover, um, as the mainframe systems start moving out. And that's, I think played a big role in a lot of functions, but definitely underwriting on the, the, you know, the mainframe system, um, and its limitations obviously has a, a big piece of all of the operations and it influences the types of, of work that all of operations does. 
So it's, I mean, it's interesting that you say it's moving away from more of a transactional thing. So, I mean, does it feel like maybe for a while you got stuck on maybe low value kind of tasks in the underwriting process, as opposed to maybe climbing that ladder and, and doing something that's more impactful? I guess my, where I'm coming at it from is like, what is the underwriting equivalent of like giving somebody a, an ID card, right? Like, like I, I right. need to do an auto change or something, like just something like just makes your head hurt. I'm going to jump out a window because <laughs> yeah. it, like, I don't need to be doing this right now. What what do you, what was your underwriting equivalent of that? So we would do um, new business reviews, and then you're basically going through, for example, um, yeah, on the auto side, you're checking prior insurance and making sure the DLs are all valid, and mm-hmm. and you're not seeing most of it is is not super interesting. Um, whereas one thing that was always very interesting uh, was like claims risk reviews. So if claims saw something, um, you know, that jumped out at them in a claim that underwriting should see, uh, that would get sent over. And and that's much more um, of a deeper dive. So you'd be trying to understand the story of what happened, um, what's the concern, looking through the imagery, reading through the interviews, listening to the interviews. Um, so things like that, that would be kind of the the two ends of the spectrum, I would say, as far as um, sort of that entry-level underwriting goes from just kind of checking the boxes. Yes, there's prior insurance and yes, the, the deals are valid and going through on um, the checklist versus doing uh, a deeper dive into, yeah, and I guess story. And I maybe I'm just drawn to stories and that's why I look back and, and those jump out at me, um, just trying to understand what happened. And it was just fascinating to me. Well, no, well, I mean, I think that's the, you know, I think that's the thing kind of that you maybe see that, that others don't, right? It's, 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 that's something that takes uh, a little more, you know, there's a little more nuance there, right? It's not like, is, is this thing true? Yes or no. Right. And, and right. Exactly. Having a human being answer, you know, just like a fact check, you know, when it's like clearly you could, you know, ping a database and it's like, yes, this thing is active. Yes, it's valid. Yes, it's here. Yes, it exists. Um, those are things like, it sounds like, yes, that's the equivalent of issuing an auto ID card and, and being able to look at something and interpret it in a way that, you know, we currently can't, that would be way more valuable in the underwriting world than, uh, because that's, I think that's one of the things that maybe holds insurance back a little bit. It's that lack of ability to interpret and see the story and see where it might not be as clear as you might think, because we have a bad reputation for, oh, it's covered, it's denied, it's, you know, whatever, right? Right. We're too, too, too rigid. <laughs> and do we need, do we maybe need more leeway there? Is, is there something that if we were to free up, I guess this is where I'm going, if we were to free up the, the, um, the is this thing valid or not equations for underwriters and they had more ability, time, bandwidth to focus on that story, um, would we maybe uh, allow the industry to kind of move away from that? You know, we're just, not, we're just, we're not human beings and we don't really care what, what actually happened problem. Yeah, I think there's certainly a movement in, in underwriting. And I've, I've seen this, um, you know, numerous blog posts and articles is the, the core value of an underwriter being able to say, yes, we'll find a way to cover that versus trying to find a way to say, no, we can't cover that. And when I'm looking back to some of my most interesting conversations were when my agents would call me like, okay, 
I have this risk. And then they would start walking through it. And they had this, you know, unique kind of earth structure and they have two wallabies and they have, you know, it was like, yeah. that That was always really fun to me trying to think, okay, so how do we cover that part? And then can we get a policy for that? And then maybe if we have this endorsement, we could cover that. So that was always really interesting too. Um, and I think that, you know, as you see sort of the consolidation um, and companies acquiring, you know, the the big and, you know, top 10, top 20 acquiring some, sort of some of the smaller guys and expanding their ability to write, um, that enables a little bit of that. So when you have sort of that, um, you know, when you've got the preferred carriers that are, that have the not, you know, the the a non-standard and they ha- they have the home companies and i think that enables some of that um where you're able to package things together um whether it's different policies and endorsements and exclusions and and find a way to write a risk and cover a, a policy and that's that was some of my most rewarding work too is working with agencies and trying to find a way to cover things and um, just working with, you know, maybe, maybe commercials involved and maybe brokerage, but we're all working together to find a way to write that risk. So I'm, I might be going out on a limb here. I, this, uh, since we've kind of putting all the pieces together, and I think um, you know, talking about, you know, just getting in front of the microphone, getting in front of the camera, and sharing the experience and, and presenting it. Uh, how much of 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 maybe I don't want to say maybe the companies or the underwriting department or or what, but so much is hidden in the in the insurance process, right? Like what exactly happens? People barely understand how insurance works on a very basic level, just the sheer like, you know, economics of it. Um, are, are we are we failing on the front of like, you know, is there any reason, again, this is crazy, Amber, just go with me. <laughs> okay. Is there any reason that, you know, there couldn't be messaging from underwriters, from claims, from whatever that even maybe finds its way direct to consumers to help people understand what is happening, right? Because if, if we don't give them anything else to go by, they're going to be afraid of or not, you know, distrust. Like we're not, we're not building trust across the spectrum. You know, maybe just as agents are getting maybe a little better at allowing people to be a little more transparent and build trust. Um, is that something that should trickle down through the entire process to where, is it crazy to think that maybe an underwriting person, a claims person, um, could be somewhere in that message and, and building that relationship to help people understand insurance all the way through? No, I don't think that's crazy at all. And I would say for the most part, um, my work was through agencies. So obviously with American Family having captive agents, um, they had the the primary relationship with the insured. So I saw the most of my role was empowering the agents to be able to have those conversations. So walking them through how we were going to cover it so that they could build that trust with the insured. But I also did talk to many insureds myself and um, I had the lucky job of handling consumer complaints from time to time. Um, so that would involve a phone call um, or you know taking an insured call. If, if they really didn't understand a decision that I made, I would take that call, especially if it was something that was very complicated. Typically, the agency would be the, you know, the first point of contact for that. But if we're getting into like deep underwriting nuances, certainly that was when I would jump in. Um, and again, it's about building the trust. So whether it's, even if it's an insured that I'm, I'm non-renewing, which you know was a pretty significant chunk of them who were upset with me, um, but making sure they understood why I was doing it. Um, 
and and yeah. kind of getting a sense for what their next steps were. Obviously, I can't offer them coverage, but trying to direct them someplace and, and still help them and still support them. And it, usually, if, if it's a condition issue, helping them understand why that's a risk, um, whether it's missing shingles or a, you know some kind of liability risk, to help them also, you know, take care of that um, and reduce the risk of, of, of their own liability, even if it's not with us. So I see that ability there. And then certainly on the claim side, um, they have much more direct a role there. But I think those are all sort of the ad hoc uh, one-on-one. I think maybe a bigger initiative would be, yeah, finding a way to, like as an industry, to um, show the different parts of it. I know... I, you know, before I worked at American Family, certainly I couldn't have told you what a personal lines underwriter did, and not that they need to know um, the day to day, but to have an understanding of who's doing what, I think would eliminate some of the mystery and and some of the distrust and and hope about something that I can slowly start building towards with the vlog. I, I don't think I have too many non too too many non insurance professionals following, but um, I think just building that credibility as an industry from, from all touch points, from from claims and underwriting and an and agency and all the leaders, um, finding ways to get out there. And again, just the value proposition of, of insurance and making sure that we're building trust whenever we can. Well, I mean, I think you hit on it with, you know, it's like, we're not telling that non-renewed story well enough, right? Like that's like probably one of the most infuriating right. things that could happen in the insurance process. And so, hey, yeah, you know what? Just, we don't, we want to, we're just breaking up with you. It's like we wrote yep. you like a letter like on summer vacation and just mailed it to you. It's like, here you go. No one likes getting dumped. <laughs> no. and, and, but it's telling that story, right? And the story that I always told, and, and it's, if you explain it properly, people understand it, but we, we don't, maybe necessarily take the time. The story that I always like to tell is, you know, people yell at me when they would call me in the middle of like the summer, like, Hey, I want to buy a health insurance policy. It's like, Hey, it's not open enrollment. Sorry. I can't help you. Like, I didn't know yeah. that was a thing. Like, well, why is that a thing? And explaining the whole, like, again, just the economics of, you know, why open enrollment exists in conjunction with, you know, no preexisting conditions and all that good stuff, right? Like go deep on insurance. But, um, and they're like, Oh, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. I wouldn't want to give somebody, you know, a hundred bucks and then expect them to give me $50,000, right? Like they, yep. they, they understand that it makes sense to them. Um, not that any health insurance policy costs a hundred dollars. That's ridiculous too, but whatever. Um, so if, I guess if there's one story that you could tell in a better way, like what's like, what's that story that you are most passionate about telling kind of moving, you know, kind of in the near future with insurance and, and some of the problems you think you have the ability to impact and maybe even solve. I think as an industry and as a product, the most compelling story is that insurance shouldn't be a grudge purchase. I think the stability and peace of mind piece of what insurance is, 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 is a huge piece. And I think most people think of insurance as a box to check. And obviously, we've got mandatory rules in place on, on the auto side that kind of contributes to that, but it's obviously very necessary. But I think helping people understand uh, and telling that story of what insurance is for. And I think 
in some lines, we actually do a pretty good job of that. For example, life insurance, um, obviously a very personal, very emotional coverage that I think that's, I see that story getting told and the importance of it and people seeing the value of that. Um, but on the personal line side, it seems to be less so and people tend to consider all policies the same, um, you know, and they're comparing on price a lot of times. But telling that story of, of, of how they're different and then making sure that tell, that we're telling the story of each step of the way. So I think the non-renewal is a good example of telling an unhappy story at an unhappy point um, in a way that is adding value so that the insured is understanding what's going on and what's happening and, and what they can do and giving them that power back. So I think there's often a powerless feeling when you get non-renewed and, you know, how am I going to find coverage now? I'm getting non-renewed and, you know, and I paid my premiums. So really telling that story of, um, why risks are the way they are and and making it in a I would say telling it in a clear way and try not to use jargon and I definitely was guilty of this um, on the underwriting side of you know we start talking in acronyms so I have to slow down and you know kind of re back up a little bit when I'm talking to insurance and think is am I talking in an industry way or in a human way because I'm talking to a human that has not spent the last 10 years in insurance so am I telling the story in a clear and concise and friendly way